Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 237 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, and I'm coming to you, as always, from Austin, Texas. I hope you are doing well today. I'm excited about today's topic because we're going to be talking about what I think is one of the keys to getting the most out of yourself in any distance race, and that is being able to relax, being able to relax. Relaxed running is fast running. So what we're going to talk about today is some tips for you to help get better at running in a relaxed fashion, which should unlock some future speed and potential for you. So we'll get to that in just a second. But before we get there, just wanted to remind you quickly that two of our podcast training groups are open for those that would like to join and sign up. We've got our group that we call the Rogue Renegades. That group is training for all distances from 5K to marathon targeting races in the fall. So if you're racing between September and December and covering really any distance, we'll be able to help you with that. Coach James and I will be helping you get there. We've got registration open for that until June 14th. We've also opened up our She Squad group, which is our all-women's group led by coaches Ruth and Jen Howard-Brown, both who have been on the show here talking about their approach, and they tailor your schedule to the female body, the female anatomy, and how training works for women. So that group is open as well, and they will get you ready also for any distance you would like to cover in the fall. So I would highly recommend you check those out. And if you have questions and and aren't sure what's right for you, then feel free to shoot me an email, chris at roguerunning.com, and hopefully we can get you signed up. But again, you only have another week or so to get in on either of those, and we'll shut those back down for the season. So June 14th is your deadline to sign up for either of those groups. All right, let's jump into the main topic. We're going to talk about relaxed running and the importance of relaxed running to unlock speed. Relaxed running is fast running. I want to start by talking a little bit about the why, at least how this applies and how this can turn into speed. I'll I'll tell you a little bit of a story about a 10K that I ran this would have been a long time ago, probably about 15 years ago or so. And that this this 10K was the first time that I really understood this idea of relaxed running. But I was trying to run a certain time in this race and hadn't yet really, in my mind, mastered the 10K distance, was doing this race in Austin, the IBM Uptown Classic 10K for those Austinites who remember that race. It's no longer around, unfortunately, but it was a good fall, early fall race to kind of kick off the racing season here in Austin. And I was doing it with a specific goal in mind, went out at the right effort, started a little bit slower than target pace, got to my target pace. And right around mile two and a half or three, I remember thinking, there is no way I'm going to be able to hold this pace until the end. I was working too hard. Everything felt like it was just too difficult. And so I suddenly just started negotiating in my head with myself of, you know, would I hold on? Would I slow down a little bit to try to salvage something from this race? And I just, I was struggling 
mentally to try to cope with the fact that this race just didn't feel like I thought it should. The paces were just too hard. And I've been training well, so it, there was really no other factors external to the race that would explain why I wasn't able to hit my paces in this race. And about that point, I remember sort of as a last ditch effort, I remember just closing my eyes on a straightaway in this race and trying to meditate and relax in a way that would hopefully make everything feel better. And and I remember the this concept at the time, this concept of relaxed running was was newer to me, but I, I knew of it. And I remember trying to, when I closed my eyes, relax my shoulders, make sure my arm carriage was relaxed. My hands weren't clenched tightly. So I was relaxing my upper body as I had my eyes closed. And then as I continued that process of just relaxing into the effort, I suddenly was able to get my legs to, re- to relax as well, even though I was running at a hard pace at a 10K effort. My legs suddenly relaxed as well, and I stopped forcing it. And, and suddenly in that moment, it just unlocked something in me where I really understood of being, understood this idea of being relaxed from head to toe while running, even though I was moving at pace, all of my muscles sort of let go and were just free flowing in the moment. And suddenly the pace that was just minutes before felt like it was too hard. It became almost effortless. I was still working, but it became almost effortless. And I shifted in the middle of that race from struggling to hold the pace to suddenly feeling comfortable and relaxed at the pace and was able to close out really strongly, finish strong in that race, and ultimately get my goal on that day. And it came out of this this mid-race active desperation of sorts where I closed my eyes, went through this moving meditation process, and I'll talk about that as one of my tips, and suddenly my whole body relaxed and just started to flow. And I know it's hard to grasp that idea. And it's hard to think about this idea that you could actually have relaxed leg muscles as you're running at faster paces. It's hard to think about that idea. The best analogy I can give you is this one. If you've ever played ball sports or if you've ever tried to throw a ball, any ball, baseball, softball, football, any ball, if you've ever tried to throw a ball and and you really tried to throw it as far as you can, or maybe you were playing catch with a friend and they were further away than you thought, and you really had to chuck it to get it to them. If you try to throw it, wind up and throw it as hard as you can, if you try to wind up and just put every bit of effort into throwing it, if you try to throw it as hard as you can, then oftentimes it doesn't go as far than if you just kind of relax and then wing it or maybe you're not thinking about trying to throw it far and you're just relaxed in the motion and you just kind of fling it out there and it goes further than you might have expected. So that sort of relaxed throwing motion that can 
get you further distance on a ball thrown is the same kind of concept that we're talking about here with running is if you can run relaxed, then that will unlock in you speed. It did for me on that day in that 10K, it will for you, but it isn't something that comes easy. It isn't something that comes naturally. So we'll talk about in this episode, some. I'll give you five tips on how to practice this idea. The other thing I wanted to mention as we tee this up is this idea that distance running is a game of efficiency. If you're trying to race a 5K or longer up to the marathon or even ultra marathoners, it is a game all about efficiency. What you're trying to do is certainly run fast, but in order to unlock your potential and and in order to unlock your speed over longer distance, it it becomes about being as efficient as you can, actually burning as little energy as possible for as long as you can so that your body can go longer at those paces. If you're going to run a half marathon or a marathon at a certain pace, the less energy you can burn and use at your target paces, the better. The less energy you can burn and use at your target paces, the better. So being able to dial into those things becomes really important. And it will allow you to unlock this ability to have staying power at your target paces to be able to hold them for longer and longer periods of time, which requires a mentality shift, which we'll talk about as we get into my tips but it's, it requires a mentality shift. In our world, especially in the world of exercise classes, these studio exercise classes, whether that be Orange Theory or doing a spin class at Soul Cycle or doing even a Peloton ride at home, we are addicted to finding at the edge. We're addicted to working hard and to sweating a whole bunch and to getting getting a really intense effort where you feel like you've given everything. And while there is a time and a place for that, it isn't typically where we're going to be spending most of our time if you're training properly for distance races. We're actually going to spend more time away from the edge. And so you have to shift your mentality in training where you're not trying to find the edge every day in training. What you're doing is trying to make the paces that you're prescribed feel as easy and comfortable as possible rather than pushing to the limit. It's a different mentality. Those classes that you're doing, those studio classes where you're trying to find the edge, that might be great for general fitness or if you're thinking about the amount of calories burned or something like that. But it's not actually great. That mentality isn't actually great or optimal typically for being your best as a distance runner. Being your best as a distance runner is more about control and being able to run relaxed and in control and smoothly and being able to carry that same mentality of efficiency for longer and longer periods periods at your target paces. So you have to shift 
your thinking from I need to find the ev- the edge every day in workouts or on runs to I need to actually learn to be as efficient as possible at the prescribed paces. So we'll talk about more we'll talk about that more that concept more as we go into my tips, but I've got five tips for you that I want to talk through that you can put to work to practice really on almost any day because efficiency on easy days and on recovery days is as important as it is in workout days. So learning to run relaxed on your easy days or your long runs is also important, just like learning to run relaxed and in control on workout days is important. We'll talk about these tips you can apply really starting on your next run. The first tip is to develop a moving meditation routine that is specific to you. Develop a moving meditation routine that is specific to you. This goes back to the close my eyes moment that I had in that 10K 15 years ago where I discovered this idea of running relaxed for me. But since that point, it gave me actually something that I could put to work in myself and that I've used now in many races since and I will use it in workouts as well as this idea of moving meditation and yes I will actually still if I can close my eyes when I'm doing this if I'm on a straightaway and I can make sure I'm not going to run over somebody and or trip on something so I will actually close my eyes sometimes only for you know a handful of seconds to kind of get into that mental space of a moving meditation so I can do it eyes closed. I can also do it with my eyes open, but for me, it actually helps to close my eyes if I can. But I will then go through a mental checklist starting at the top, starting with my head and working down to my legs. And I will meditate on a body part at a time, sort of as as I go through that checklist to make sure that Everything is as relaxed as possible. Start with my face and cheeks. I want to make sure that I have a smile on my face and that my cheeks and face are relaxed. If you watch a 100-meter sprinter do their thing on a track, and if you watch those close-ups where they zoom in on their face as they go, you will see their cheeks will be bouncing up and down because relaxed running is fast running. They're trying to put all of their energy into their legs so they have reserved that energy that they might otherwise put into their face for that type of work. So their face will be completely relaxed if they're doing their best work. The same is true for you in a run. Think about your face. Are you smiling, which also helps promote relaxation, and are your cheeks loose and bouncing comfortably? Then you go to your shoulders and neck. Is your head held up high and upright? Are your shoulders relaxed in their sockets so that you're not scrunching those shoulders up towards your ears, but rather you're just letting them rest comfortably? One way I like to achieve this is actually by making sure that my chest and neck are upright and my sternum in particular is upright. Because if my sternum is upright, then that allows my shoulders to fall 
comfortably into their sockets and just rest, be relaxed, resting and relaxed and not climbing up towards my ears. So that's where I go next is neck and shoulders. Then I go arms and hands. And I think about are my arms comfortably and freely flowing through their movement pattern and are my hands you know, clasped or cupped, but gently so that I could do what we call sometimes the potato chip chest where I could comfortably hold a potato chip in my hand without smashing it. That's where you want to be, where you have enough to get a grip, but not too much of a grip that you're actually smashing that potato chip. So I think about my my arms and my hands. Are they comfortable and relaxed? I think about my torso and make sure that it is freely flowing with a gentle back and forth rocking. And then I go to my legs. And yes, I think about relaxing them in a smooth and rhythmic motion. Knees up, heels back in that pendulum format so that I try to literally let them flow freely versus forcing them to have to move through their their cadence. I also think about my cadence. You know, is my cadence appropriate? Am I in a place where I'm overstriding or understriding or just right? And is that comfortable? Is that a smooth and relaxed cadence to goes with to go with those smooth and relaxed legs? And then I think about my feet, my toes. Am I able to land comfortably on the heel or midfoot and then roll through to my big toe and push off with it? in a relaxed fashion, is that part of my leg motion moving freely and smoothly. And so that's what I do. From head to toe, I think about each body part and I ask myself those questions that I just mentioned. And it forces me to go again through this moving meditation, sometimes eyes closed, sometimes eyes open. But it forces me to think and concentrate on each body part and get it moving as comfortably and relaxed as possible. Incidentally, when you're suffering or hurting, it also is a distraction from the pain. It gives you something to think about to redirect those thoughts and worries and doubts and anxieties that you might have from it being hard to to redirect that into a productive exercise that will hopefully get you into a more relaxed and, and comfortable place so that you're not suffering as much and it may not it may not take away the pain that's not the intent but it will help dissociate from the pain and then make you feel smoother within it the other thing i think about as a part of that is my breathing is my breathing rhythmic and i like to think about trying to get into what sometimes you might hear called an odd even pattern on breathing where you're breathing in for an odd number of steps and out for an even number of steps and trying to keep that in a rhythmic fashion. Sometimes this could be a 3-2 pattern or a 2-1 pattern where you're breathing in for three steps, out for two steps, or breathing in for two steps, out for one steps, for one step. That idea of getting into a rhythmic pattern where your breathing is synced up with your steps will also help promote relaxation and that's something else I might think about during that moving meditation is how does how do my steps sync up with my breathing and is it 
smooth consist- and consistent so that it becomes rhythmic. If you can do those things, if you can relax the body head to toe and get your breathing into a rhythmic place synced with your steps, then that is a pathway to more relaxed running. So that's number one, is developing your own moving meditation routine. And it may look a little bit different for you. I think all the body parts are still the same, but you may have a different way of going through that checklist or maybe different questions that you choose to ask yourself or different thoughts that you think about or meditate on in order to relax each of those body parts. So figure out what will work for you, practice it, see how you can create a routine that allows you to get to that relaxed meditative running state. And I promise you it will help. I also promise you it won't be easy because yes, when you're running hard, it can sometimes be hard to go into this moving meditation place. But I promise you it will work if you work at it. So that's number one, develop a moving meditation routine. Number two, develop and think through what would be your rhythm mantras. Develop and think through your rhythm mantras. For any race, I like to have two categories of mantras at hand, rhythm mantras and fight mantras. Rhythm mantras are those mantras that you use early in a race or mid-race to help get into a smooth, consistent rhythm. And fight mantras are for the end when the going gets tough and it's time to find that edge. They also help you dissociate from the pain, but I think also can become a word or phrase that you can meditate on apart from doing a moving meditation thought process routine, but it gives you a word or phrase that you can meditate on that will help you get into a a relaxed, consistent rhythm. I can remember... One of my pre-COVID races before things shut down, I remember one of the mantras I used, a rhythm mantras I used for that was a phrase that I would repeat alternating. It, it was, I am fast, I am strong. I am fast, I am strong. I am fast, I am strong. Those three words repeated in an alternating fashion became my rhythm mantra because it at least in that race, because it allowed me to not only get into a nice, consistent, rhythmic phraseology in my head, I am fast, I am strong, I am fast, I am strong, but also it put positive framing into my head about that race so that I could crowd out any doubts. I am fast, I am strong. And so those positive words, fast and strong, also were reinforcing in terms of you know, getting me into a positive mental place while also encouraging me to stay relaxed and stay smooth and consistent. I am fast. I am strong. And, but, you know, mantras, the thing about mantras, as we've talked about before on the podcast, is that they have to be personal. It's hard. I mean, sometimes you can hear someone else's mantra and say, hey, that'd be good for me. Why not? I'll use that and see how it works. But you have to develop a personal relationship with your mantras and what works for one person might not work for you and vice versa. So I would encourage you to to think about one or two that might work for you and then just start to put them in practice. You can practice using those rhythm mantras in your next workout during the intervals. 
And ultimately, if you have a race, you can use them in, in, in that situation as well. But you want to get a little bit of a toolkit, a quiver of mantras, so to speak, that you can draw upon at different times. And having good rhythm mantras is a part of that. I've also found that pairing the rhythm mantra with your moving meditation routine in some way can potentially make that routine even more efficient. So think about what those rhythm mantras might be. Practice them. Put them to work. Use it as a way to not only get relaxed and smooth and consistent within a hard effort, but also as a way to dissociate from the pain so that you can hopefully be more relaxed in it. So that's tip number two is think about and cultivate your rhythm mantras. Number three, I want you to, while you're doing your strides, your weekly strides that we talked about in a recent episode, remember strides are those short controlled sprints with full recovery, walking back to the start that you can do every single week in order to get faster and be more efficient with your form over the long term. Strides every week. And when you do those strides, this is also an opportunity to work on this concept because you're getting small doses of fast running and you can also play with your form and efficiency during it because it is a short controlled dose of speed. You, those little allergy shots or inoculations of speed, as I talked about on the form episode, because of that, you have the opportunity to play with it and play with your form. And so what I like to do on strides is really work on relaxed running in the concept of the stride, which I try to do by starting out by exaggerating my running form, exaggerating my running form, really thinking about my knee drive, my arm swing, and my heel kick at the end of the stride as I pull back through. So if you start by having an exaggerated arm swing with an exaggerated knee drive flowing into a an exaggerated heel kick and play with that form in a way that helps you feel really smooth and efficient in that exaggerated form. It will help you not only because strides do become faster and more efficient and have better form, but it'll help you find ways to achieve that feeling in smaller doses and in other contexts. You're not necessarily going to be exaggerating your knee drive or exaggerating your heel kick in a normal run or in a normal workout. But what I've found is that if you exaggerate those things in your strides, then it helps you find little things within the overall stride movement that you can then take elsewhere to help be relaxed and smooth. And it'll give you at least some some mental cues, some feeling of how it should feel so that when you are in a workout or maybe you get to a place in a workout where you're starting to get fatigued and therefore your form is starting to break down, it will give you some mental cues to go back to to help find that more efficient form again. 
So exaggerate the form within the context of your strides so that you can practice relaxed running in that space and ultimately carry that to other places in your running journey. So exaggerate your strides. Exaggerate the form in your strides. And it's going to feel, the thing about it is it's going to feel weird at first, and that's okay. It's going to feel weird at first because maybe you're not used to doing that, but do it anyway because, again, you will find some little mental cues, some form cues that help you find efficiency in other ways, and it just, it works. Now, the thing, again, is with strides, you need to do these every week, and so you have the opportunity also each week to play with it, to play with something different, to maybe focus on that knee drive in one set of strides, and then maybe in the next one, focus on your your elbows and your arms. One of the things I like to think about to get to an efficient place with my elbows is to think about pulling my arms back, my elbows back as far as possible, the elbow back as far as possible, so then it creates a more natural flow forward in the context of that overall form. And then, you know, maybe the following week you work on that heel kick and trying to f- pull that heel up and under close to your butt and then drop it efficiently back down to the road. So exaggerate your strides, play with your strides from week to week within the context of that little dose of speed and see what you can pick up from that. Some of it will be conscious that you can think about, some cues that you can use in other ways. Some of it we will some of it will be subconscious, which will also be powerful to help you become more efficient when you take it to other places. So that's number three. Exaggerate your movement within the strides. Number four, this one is critical. It's critical is that you should think about every, almost every single run you do with the concept of progression, with the concept of progression. What does that mean? That means every single run, you should start slower and progress to faster. Every single workout, start slower, progress to faster. Almost every single race, with the exception of races that are 5K and shorter, anything longer than 5K should also be done in progression, where you start slower in the first mile and progress faster. Not only is it scientifically proven that running negative splits or progressing during longer distance races is more efficient and more optimal, but it also helps you unlock relaxed running by thinking about everything in progression. So it starts on those easy runs, on those easy runs where you should start glacially slow. You should start glacially slow. Let your body dictate the pace. Perhaps you're sore from a workout or a long run. Start glacially slow and then let your body naturally warm up and warm into the pace as you go. Progress through those easy runs. With workouts, Even if you are prescribed to do workouts at a given pace, you should always start a little bit slower than that for a couple of reasons. One, so that we can practice this concept. Two, also so that you don't 
start too fast and therefore potentially disrupt the the workout. So you start a little bit slow, err on the conservative side, and then as the workout progresses, as you go through more reps, pick it up ever so slightly. Some workouts are built that way intentionally. Others aren't, but to me, it still matters. If I tell you to go run eight times 800 at 10K pace with two minutes rest, then I may not say it explicitly that that should be in progression, but implied in that, at least for those workout, those athletes in my group, is that you should start a little bit slower than 10K pace and work down to 10K and then maybe finish slightly faster than 10K. That progression is important because what happens if you progress like that is that your body will be able to naturally ease into the pace. Because when you try to go too fast straight out of the gun, your body's not warmed into it yet. And then it becomes by definition inefficient because it's sort of trying to catch up to getting thrown suddenly into this faster pace. But if instead you start a little bit more conservatively and then almost effortlessly with effortlessly without having to add a bunch of new energy, the pace will naturally come down. And if you run workouts in progression, finishing strong at the end, it will ensure not only that you get the purpose of the workout, but it'll also teach your body how to ease into the pace and therefore be relaxed and controlled in it. The same is true across any type of workout. Intervals like 800 intervals I just mentioned, but what if you were given a fartlek workout? Today I was I did a two minute on, two minute easy fartlek workout here at Rogue with my teammates and Team Rogue. Ten times, ten times two two. Two minutes on, two minutes easy, alternating. There were no specific prescribed paces because we're early in our Boston or in our training for fall marathons. No specific prescribed paces, and so naturally, we started a little bit slower and worked down so that the last interval was our fastest. It wasn't perfect as we went because we had some terrain in there, a few little hills and things like that, which caused a few of those middle ones to fluctuate and they weren't a perfect progression. But the first one was the slowest and the fastest one was the one at the end. Progressed. Let the body have some space to ease into the paces itself. You can practice that too in straight, you know, prescriptive workouts like progression runs, which I think are some of the hardest ones to execute because inevitably everybody goes too fast at some point in a progression run because you think you have to interject a bunch of new energy in order to get to cut down a pace when really it's more just it's more just about letting the body ease into it, ease into the pace. And if you can execute a progression run well, then that will help you unlock this concept of relaxed running. So that's a way you can practice this. In races, of course, the negative split for anything 10K and longer is optimal pacing. Science tells us that. Experience tells us that. All of my PRs and any distance from 10K and above were all set with a negative split. And if you can embrace that concept where you start the first mile a little slower, ease into it, then 
you will develop an ability to feel pace a better, but also to ease into relaxed running better if you learn to run in progression versus going out too hot, digging a hole for yourself, and then holding on for dear life. That is not a way to to learn relaxed running. And so think about it as every single thing in progression. I have my former coach, John Shrupp, to thank for this. So shout out to John. As his, this was a big part of his philosophy is that every single run, every single workout, almost every single race should be done in progression. And if you can do that, then it will not only unlock more relaxed running for you, but it will unlock speed and potential that you didn't know was there. So that's number four. Just think about everything in progression. Number five, this kind of gets back to what I was saying at the beginning of the run or at the beginning of the podcast, sorry. But you want to stay away from the edge. You want to run your prescribed paces. Stick to the prescribed paces. Yes, do them in progression with subtle progression if you're given the same pace for all the intervals. But but in addition to that, make sure that you're hitting the target paces and then in the concept of that target pace, you're trying to make that pace feel as easy and comfortable as possible. If I give you 8 by 800 at 10K pace like I just mentioned, then your goal is to have each one of those 800s feel hard, sure, but also in control and relaxed. And instead of pressing the edge and trying to get down to 5K pace, you stay at 10K pace as prescribed and you try to make 10K pace feel as easy and comfortable as possible by going through those first couple of steps I mentioned. The moving meditation concept, the, the rhythm mantra concept. Instead of pressing for the edge, hold the pace do what's prescribed, and try to make that pace feel as smooth and relaxed as possible. The same is true for any of those, quote, slower workout paces. Sometimes you might be prescribed to do half marathon pace for shorter intervals or even marathon pace for shorter intervals, in which case, you know, it should be relatively comfortable to hold marathon pace for, say, three miles in a workout if you're going to be able to hold that for 26.2 miles. But there's a tendency when you're prescribed that to want to go faster and, and, and then the ego inside of us thinks, oh, I did better because I was able to hold faster than marathon pace for those three miles. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Don't do it. Hold your target marathon pace. That is the point of the workout to get whatever physiological benefit your coach is is desiring and instead of pressing the edge and trying to go faster and trying to stroke your own ego hold that target pace and try to make that pace feel as easy and comfortable as possible that's where the magic is in distance training instead of pressing the edge find a rhythm and comfort at those target paces There is more magic in that than going faster, pressing the edge, feeling like you did more work, but perhaps we're in the wrong physiological zone. And also you were on the edge and running ragged and not working on what you should be working on, which is being efficient, being smooth, being consistent, being relaxed at those target race paces. 
that's where the magic is. That's what's going to give you that staying power over 13.1 or 26.2 miles is that ability to stay away from the edge and in fact push that edge further away by trying to be smooth and in control at those prescribed paces. It's a mentality shift that I mentioned, but it's also something you have to practice when you get into it because there's a tendency for all of us to want to always press closer to the edge, just the way we're wired. And I get it. And a lot of our workout culture and society right now is push, pushing us in that way, presumably, I guess, because it feels better, gives you that adrenaline hit, but also maybe looks sexier on Strava or Instagram or wherever you might post about your stuff. But resist that temptation. That's not where the magic is. Do the prescribed paces. Make those paces feel as easy and comfortable and smooth as possible. Press away from the edge. Extend your distance between you and the edge. And that's where the magic is. If you can do that, it will unlock things in you, again, that you never thought possible. So those are my five tips for relaxed running. One, develop your own moving meditation routine. Two, think about and cultivate your rhythm mantras. Three, exaggerate your strides. Work on your form and your relaxation in that exaggerated form during your strides. Number four, think about everything in progression from easy runs to workouts to races. Always be progressing. Start a little bit slower, work down. Number five, always stay away from the edge. In fact, push the edge away. And rather than finding the edge in most workouts, Hold back, stay in control, make that target pace feel as easy and comfortable as possible. That is where the magic is. There certainly will be a time and a place where a coach tells you you go to the edge, but that's probably a very tiny percentage of the time in my world, maybe one to 2% of the time I ask that. And the rest of the time, I'd rather you approach it the way I just described. So go do that work, practice it. You can start with your run, easy run today or tomorrow, and or you can take it to your next workout and put one of these things to work. And I promise you, if you in, embrace this idea of relaxed running, it will unlock fast running in you. All right, with that, we will wrap this episode. As a reminder, you can sign up for those two podcast groups that I mentioned. You can go to roguerunning.com forward slash training. And if you click on the virtual training groups, you'll be able to find those podcast-based training groups. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.